Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Hello and welcome to the program. I'm Mike Gawley, in for Thomas Bryan. In today's episode, I'm looking at whether heritage trumps access to the built environment for mobility disabled people. And it's here at Wellington Railway Station that the iron meets the tracks. Laura Stewart's a disabled Wellington commuter who's protested at the lack of ramp taxis at the front of the station instead of an imposing column of steps. Okay, Laura Stewart, now you're a disabled commuter using a wheelchair and you were pictured on the front, front of the Wellington Railway Station. You're at the top of the stairs making the point that people with wheelchair, wheelchair users could not get up into Wellington Railway Station except by going round the side. Now you objected to that, didn't you? You didn't think that was good enough. Why not? Yeah, well, the first time I saw it, I was—I just couldn't believe it. Um, I was so surprised that, um, I think that was last year, in the year 2020, in our main Wellington um, central station, and there was still not access for um, people in wheelchairs, but also um, 50% of the population, well, probably over 50% of the population, because... Um, it's not just wheelchair users who use ramps, but also um, elderly and people who have trouble um, walking. And um, everyone who has had a child at some stage is going to be using a pushchair. And so there's lots of mums and dads who have to carry their pushchairs up those stairs as well. Um, so it's quite unbelievable that nothing has been done about it up until now. How often do you train into Wellington then from your home? I um, commute every day uh, from my home into town to go to work. Um, I use um, different access way from the main entrance, so it's only um, uh, every couple of months in which I use the front entrance if I'm going to a, a meeting or a conference or um, in the weekend to other parts of the city. Um, so that's why I have haven't really minded just hopping down the stairs on my wheelchair. But, of course, when I'm coming back the other way from the waterfront, I have to um, go the long way um, around, uh, down the hill, and then back up again through the tunnel. What was the response to your argument that this was not good enough? What did what did the authorities say to you and back? Um. When I first inquired about it with Kiwi Rail, they explained that they um, were in the process of um, get, designing a ramp and that it was with Heritage New Zealand. And last year when I found out, I contacted Heritage New Zealand and they, and they explained that they did have the Kiwi Rail um, submission, um, but they didn't approve of it because it wasn't a grand enough um, proposal designed for a station like um, Wellington Central, but they, at that point they hadn't actually told um, Kiwi Rail that they didn't like their um, proposal. So, um, yeah, it's just very um, typical bureaucracy, the amount of time it had taken before they got back to Kiwi Rail. And when they got back to Kiwi Rail, what was, the, what was their um, decision as far as Kiwi Rail were concerned? I'm not sure. I wasn't involved in... Um, any of the detailed communication back and forth. I was just an interested member of the public um, who managed to get in touch with them um, 
Otherwise, I didn't really have any inside information. From the outside, it seemed that they were playing the heritage card. Yeah, that's right, because that is what um, Heritage New Zealand are mainly concerned about, is that making sure that any renovations to buildings are kept in line with the character of the building. And what's your feeling about whether it should be heritage or access? I think you can do both, and I can see where Heritage New Zealand are coming from. Um, what annoyed me was the amount of time that it had taken for a, a decision to be made, and of course I'm, I don't think of any ramp has still been put in place um, years after they had started even thinking about the project. Yes, from reading the story in the Dominion Post, it seemed to be there was a lot of buck, buck shoving. You know, Heritage was saying Wellington Regional Council, they were saying Kiwi Rail, Kiwi Rail was saying Heritage New Zealand, so that's probably explains why there was such a a long time elapsing between anything being done and the annual protest. Yeah, there just seems to be um, a lack of urgency. When I first inquired with Heritage New Zealand, there was a little bit of urgency, supposedly, because there was going to be um, an event, um, some sort of event, um, about ex which required um, Wellington to be a little bit more accessible. But I think that must have been um, cancelled or postponed due to the first COVID lockdown. So the... I guess the urgency got taken away from that. So what would you like to see happen now, Laura? Oh, I would just like to see a ramp go in as a front entrance um, and and then they can remove the um, the wheelchair sign with a cross through it because I was horrified that um, there was actually a sign of, with a picture of a wheelchair and a cross through it. It's like no smoking and no wheelchairs allowed. Okay, thanks, Laura. That's really great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's disabled Wellington commuter Laura Stewart. Nathan Bonds, the president of DPA New Zealand, a national cross-disability organisation channeling the views and perspectives of the disability community to government. There was a woman called Laura Stewart. She's a disabled commuter, wheelchair user, and she was protesting about the fact that if you're a dis wheelchair user, you can't go up the front of Wellington Railway Station. You've got to go around the side and she was saying that wasn't, wasn't good enough, quite rightly. Yep. Uh, but the response that she got was about heritage and that the heritage status of that building, Wellington Railway Station, prevents them from doing any work to make it accessible. What's your view in general about this whole idea that heritage trumps access? It's repugnant um, because basically what we're talking about is is that sort of heritage can supersede human rights um, it's it's just sort of ridiculous to think that that's a valid reason for for doing that and um, yeah so for that to be their argument it's it's just that there's no place for ableism in New Zealand anymore in the 21st century you know it's people have the right to have equitable access to you know transport and infrastructure um, so it's, it's just yeah you know very disappointing that some institutions that are you know 
got significant resources and public funding behind them can block the implementation of the rights of disabled people. Now, DPA is part of the Access Alliance, isn't it? Uh, yep. And at the moment, I think we're waiting on maybe possible legislation that would make access a mandated max access for all built environments. So I'm wondering whether you think the legislation should actually make accessibility the primary consideration and not heritage. Yeah, I think, you know, um, functionality and, you know, being able to meet the needs of the diversity of the population is way more important than heritage. And and I, I don't know if I said this before, but um, from the disability community's perspective, that's a heritage of exclusion, um, which, you know, is nothing to celebrate. We, we want to promote the idea of an inclusive society where people enjoy the same rights and freedoms. Do you know how close we are to getting that legislation, by the way? Um, I believe that it's with um, sort of MSD and the Minister are working on sort of some draft versions of that at the moment. What kind um, of consultation has uh, there been as far as DPA input or disabled people's input into the legislation, into the framework? Well, it's it's kind of a bit um, it's a bit complicated because you know the Access Alliance sort of were engaged to do some work on it, but they've also been getting a little bit of input from the DPO coalition. Um, and uh, talking, you know, I think there's plans to do some more consultation, but, you know, um, the, you know, the Access Alliance stuff um, has, you know, sometimes... DPA has been very involved in it, and other times um, some of the organisations have been sort of sidelined while other organisations take the lead in that. So it's, yeah, complicated sort of picture as, as to what sort of advice they've been getting, but, um, yeah, I, it's not been um, terribly widespread in terms of the general disability community, but there has been sort of some, you know, consultation from those two um, organisations, the Access Alliance and the DPO Coalition. Can you just explain a bit about what the DPO Coalition is? Okay, the DPO Coalition is a coalition of Disabled Persons Organisations, or DPOs. There are currently seven um, on that. And, yeah, they um, 
and under the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, um, you know, state parties um, were required to consult with and actively involve disabled people through their representative organisations on any sort of policies and and, um, and sort of changes that will impact on them. Um, so do you need me to list them? Well, I'd just like you to define what's the criteria that defines a DPO? What does it have to be? Okay. has to be an organisation for disabled people by disabled people. So disabled people make the decisions. Um, you can have some non-disabled employees or, or stuff, but it has to be an organisation that is led by disabled people and reflects the needs of the community that they represent. Oh, sorry. My, I've got an old alarm on my phone which didn't turn off. I can tell. Anyway, that's, that's fine, Nathan. Thanks so much for that. Yep. Okay, I'll be in touch. So that's it? That's it, mate, yeah. Yep. Okay, well, thanks very much, Mike. No, um, no problem. Are you going to be airing this on sort of Access Radio at some point? Yes, it'll be sometime in October, I think, yeah. Mm. Yeah, well... But I'll let you know. Cool, that, I'd appreciate a heads up. Certainly. Okay, Nathan, Nathan Bond, that's Nathan Bond, President of DPA New Zealand. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Bye. Bye-bye now. That's DPA New Zealand President Nathan Bond wrapping up today's edition of No Labels. Until next time, I'm Mike Gorling wishing you well in these uncertain times. Ka kite anō. That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.